Hello everyone. I love our garden, part of which you can see behind me. I walk round it every morning noticing the new life springing up. Snowdrops, daffodils, tulips and grape hyacinths. And now I'm waiting for the roses to come into full bloom. I note also the rampant growth of less desirable plants, couch grass, bindweed and hairy bittercress. I've been interested to consider how gardens feature in God's plan of salvation in the Bible. Right at the start in the book of Genesis is the Garden of Eden, watered by rivers, fruitful, a place of beauty and perfection, no thorns, no thistles, no brambles, no disease or death or decay, a blissful garden, but where everything went wrong. Let me read some selected verses from Genesis. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden. The Old Testament is a record of Israel living in this fallen state, alienated from God. Then we come to the New Testament, the birth, perfect life, and eventual sacrificial death of Jesus. God in his sovereignty had planned a way for our broken relationship with him to be restored. Many of the events leading up to his crucifixion were set in gardens. The Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus prayed for the cup of suffering to pass. It was a garden of rejection and sorrow where even his disciples fell asleep and failed to support him. After his death, Jesus was placed in a tomb in a garden belonging to Joseph of Arimathea. This garden becomes a garden of victory and triumph over death on resurrection morning. So we can see that gardens in the Bible are associated with very different events. God's word leaves us with two choices. Either, like Adam in the Garden of Eden, we can go our own way, do our own thing, and not follow God's way. And Adam's choice led to the condemnation of the whole world. Or, we can trust in Jesus, who in the Garden of Gethsemane, obediently followed his Father's will, and through his death, provided us the way of salvation. I'd like to finish 
by reading the words of a song. They're old, but I find them meaningful. You may like to use them as a prayer of thanksgiving and praise. I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how could he love me, a sinner condemned, unclean. For me, it was in the garden he prayed, not my will, but thine. He had no tears for his own griefs, but sweat drops of blood for mine. He took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. How marvellous, how wonderful my song shall ever be. How marvellous, how wonderful is my Saviour's love for me. Please join me in prayer. Our loving Father, we thank you that through the death of your Son Jesus, we can have our sins forgiven and experience eternal life. Help us to look forward to the day when we will be with you in the heavenly garden, where we will see you face to face and worship you for all eternity. We pray this through the all-sufficient name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.